So I want to get into the word today uh, because we're finishing up our series, our summer series, which was entitled Real Community. How many know community is necessary, is vitally necessary, and it's a challenge? There's been so many times that over the last, you know, six or seven weeks, I've gotten emails from people that have said, you know, I'm trying, uh, I'm going to ask, you know, and they were taking little steps. Because every time you sit underneath the word, there will be an action item. There will be something, whether it's in your devotion time or whether you go to church, there should be something you do about what you just heard, Yes. Because otherwise you just become a religious relic and all you are is a hearer of the word and not a doer of it. And that means that the world begins to see you talk about Jesus but not live Jesus, yeah? And so one of the things that we, I saw is people were taking the cutest steps. It's like, I said hi to somebody on my road. Come on, y'all. That that for somebody, that's a big step for them to say hi to the person on the road. For others, they were like, I took somebody to Starbucks that I didn't know from church. And People were getting into groups and getting into soap groups and doing different things, taking different steps. Whatever it is that you did, I applaud you. Because we learned that a lot of times the reason we struggle with community is way behind us. The reason, the root system of maybe the family of origin injuring you has left you to a point where you don't trust. Where you can't get in a relationship. Maybe your first husband or your relationships haven't been good. And people have hurt you. People have lied to you. People have abused you. Misused you. So then, all of a sudden, we start saying erroneous things like this. I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Jesus died for the church. Jesus is coming back for the church. So we've got to figure out a way to love one another in the meantime. Because it is an apologetic to the world. The world is looking at you. And this is why this last season has been so difficult. When they watch the church become politicized and put their politics above their savior. And the world is looking at us like, wait a minute, you're left and right and you got schisms and all kinds of tribalism and factions within the church. I thought you guys love God. We do. And the simple fact of the matter is how many of you know that you can be on the opposite sides of issues and still stay in fellowship and still love and still be kind and still be gracious? My Lord, I've been married to Coco 35 years. I'm not sure we can go out to dinner without fellowship. Come on. We find a way, we compromise, we find what we agree on and we focus on that rather than what we disagree on, yeah? So the best things, let me say this to you, for those of you that are still wrestling with community and that type of thing, let me just say this to you. The best gifts of God are always outside your comfort zone. Let me, let me say it to this group. So, so if you're comfortable where you are, I'm just telling you, that's not God's best for you. God's best is always outside your comfort zone where it requires faith and you got to risk a little and you got to venture out. And how many of you notice that God likes to stretch you? I, I don't know, man. Sometimes God gets to stretching me. I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm going to break. He's like, no, you're not. I know exactly how much to give you. Come on. And so there is this sense that you and I, if we're going to enter into genuine community, and if we're going to experience real community, because listen, it's lonely where we've been, isn't it? It's lonely being isolated, having only your husband and your kids. It's lonely only having this guy as your friend. And by the way, that puts way too much pressure on the one relationship you have. Because all of a sudden, that person or that one or two people have to meet all of your relational needs. You need a community because you're needy. Come on, y'all. Touch your neighbor and say, you're needy. 
yet. Nobody wanted to say that when everybody's still looking at me. But you are. You are. And you're limited, just like I am. I mean, you know, we're limited in our knowledge. We're limited in our energy. We're limited in our wisdom. We're limited. But in community, we exponentially grow and our lives are enhanced as we're engaged in community. Can the church say... So I want to confess a couple things to you just out of the gate as we finish this. As I've said through these weeks, I struggle with community as well. It's a challenge for me, trusting and entrusting to know and to be known. But listen, we've all got to lean in, and all of you are at different places. I got you. I'm with you on this. It's, it's a tense thing for me. And here's the challenge, and here's the second thing I've got to tell you. I can't have community, intimate community, with all of you. That's just not possible for Coco and I. Look around this room right now. Look around. Look, look at all of these people. You, there's no way that Coco and I physically can be in community with all of you. And everybody's like, I want to go to lunch with PK. I want to have coffee to PK. I'm like, that would be a lot of coffee. I'd be up and through all eternity. Come on. There's <laughs> just no way I can do it. I've got to have some people within this tribe. But you've got to find your people as well. That's why you got to get into groups. And some people are like, well, I went to a group and it didn't work so good. They weren't your people. Find some other people. Like, okay, that didn't work so good. So immediately they go to a group and it's like, well, this group is a hunting, fishing kind of group of guys. And this guy is a computer guy. And he's like, those aren't my guys. No, they're not your guys. They can't even spell computer. Come on, y'all. Those are not your guys. But, but watch this. There's some other guys that know who Pokemon is. I don't. They like Fortnite. They like, but, but here's the problem. You date one group or you get in one group and it didn't work out and they're not your kind of guys and they don't get your corny jokes and all of that stuff. I got you. And immediately you do something like this. Okay, there's no community. There's no love in the church. I'm going someplace else. Okay, but everywhere you go, there you are. Simple truth of the matter is, is you got to find your people that resonate with you, that connect with you, and you don't know all looking around this room right now. Some of you aren't in groups, and I'm here to tell you, you're only getting 50% of what God designed for you to get because part of it is in the temple. It's in this gathering. The other part is face-to-face, nose-to-nose in groups outside this gathering so that you can have family with one another. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. That's right. So, so, so I can't be in community with all of you, but here's what I am going to do. I'm going to make sure that there's a structure and godly people that you can connect with that want to spend time with you. We've got older saints here that have been through the wars, that have been married 30, 40, 50 years, some of them, and you're a young couple trying to figure out how to make it work with your kids, guess what? I'm going to do my best to make sure that our older generation is ready, positioned to pour out what they have into this generation that's coming. But you've got to sit still long enough because, listen, I don't know if you've been around your grandmother and grandfather, but they talk a little bit slower. Come on. And you're not just going to run in with the old generation, run in, run back out like you went to Starbucks to get a cup. You got to actually spend some time to get those riches. You got to sit down over a meal. I learned this going to South Africa because different cultures are different. We went to South Africa. How many know when you eat and you finish, it's time to get up and go, yeah? And go do stuff. Well, in South Africa, meals last anywhere from two and a half to three hours because they're not in a hurry to go anywhere. Because the point is, is that we're together sharing a meal. 
And the meal lasts a long time. You eat the meal, then they sit back. I'm like, okay, is it time to go? I'm ready. We got stuff to do. Jesus, I'm on assignment, like, right? Then the coffee comes, and then dessert comes, and then another cup of coffee comes. And before you know it, you done spent three hours with this person. And guess what? You done gone from this level of intimacy all the way down to knowing their kids' names and how many pimples they got. Come on, y'all. It's crazy. But for us... We're running in and out. We're so busy that we don't have time for a relationship. We're so busy. That's why our kids are struggling now, because they watched us run and rip and race, and we don't have any depth of relationship, and so they don't. And you let your kids, listen to me, I'm telling you right now, if you got kids and you let them stay in their room with their phones and, and their computers, you are missing it and you are not equipping them for the future, because one of the things that they're going to need is to know how to interact with people. So the first people they're going to learn community with is you. Come on out of that room. Come down to the dinner table. I'm not hungry. Don't matter. Sit down. Because we need to talk. We need to interact. I need to hear you. You need to see me. I need to see you. How many hear what I'm saying? And so let's, let's take a look this morning because I need to run. I know the barbecue is calling some of y'all already. Let's take a look at the text we talked about for the last six weeks. Acts chapter 4 and verse 32 through 35 says it this way. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, and they shared everything they had with great power, and the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was powerfully at work in all of them. And that, that there was no needy person, so much so there was no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. And so here's what I said for us all summer long, is that you would look at that text, let it read you, see if you are incarnating this and living this, why or why not, and, and get in the presence of the Lord and figure out how you can make this wear flesh with your family. Amen? And so here's what I hear often. I hear people say, how do I get in? How do I get connected? How do, how, how do I get in? How do, how do I get connected? And sometimes I look at them and I say, well, you in. You walk through the door, you know, you're in. And that, that's not what they're saying. They're saying, how do I get into meaningful relationships? How do I get into a place and a space here at the church where there's life giving back and forth between us? Even if they don't know how to articulate it, that's what their soul is longing for, interaction. That is the number one need that we have in our generation is to belong somewhere with somebody. We're a lonely generation of people and no one more lonely than the 18 to 35 group concerns me greatly that they are anxiety-ridden, committing suicide at a high rate, and are hopeless. And so this morning, I want to give you three what I call foundational stones or essential stones to help you build community, not just here as a church, but in your own life. How many of you know that you live in a neighborhood on assignment, that you work on assignment, that your whole life is an assignment and you are on mission for the Lord wherever you are, whenever you're there? There is no such thing as a compartment called church that you visit. No, if you're really following Jesus, you understand that he encompasses your whole life and is indeed the center that supplies life to everything. Yes? Okay, so, so then here's the first thing. I want to say about it that you need to have the first building block of real community is this 
proximity and frequency. Say it with me, proximity and frequency. The first century church, the, the new believers in the book of Acts were devoted to certain things. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 through 7 shows us that they were devoted to the word of God or to Christ and to each other. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, intimate covenant relationships, and to the breaking of bread or communion, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were where? Where's the scripture? Sorry, y'all. I don't know why the scripture's not up there. All the believers were together, had everything in common. Trust me, it's there. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, say every day. No, no, say every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. That's a common meal. That's food. They just ate together, not communion. And with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers daily, such as to be saved. Now, notice the word devote. It is not that they dabbled with these things. These are the things that they had a deep conviction about. I don't know if you have a deep conviction about your church and the people of God. Some of us have a casual approach to that. We come maybe every fourth Sunday, every third, every, every now and then, whenever we're not busy, whatever, we got a little race, a little, little ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google somebody else and watch them online this week. And you can do that. But the simple fact of the matter is the first century church had a devotion to Christ and to one another. There should be something about you being a part of your local community of faith, and some of you are visitors, and I get it because of Brandon today, but there's some of you that you need to understand that there needs to be a decision made in your heart that I'm devoted to this place, that it's not a casual thing with me, that it's not a thing, well, I feel like going today and I don't feel like going this day. You'll never get the result and the benefit of a community of faith with a casual dabbling. They couldn't do that. They were under intense persecution. They were like, no, we've got to stick together. And I don't know whether you notice or not, but our culture outside is becoming increasingly hostile to Christians. There will be persecution. The Bible said all who live godly will suffer persecution. And so some of you have already had that at work and in your family in different places. So then where do I go to have relationship, real connection that's unbreakable? That, by the way, I can have relationship with somebody like Brandon or different ones that pursue the things of Christ the way that I do more than with your biological family. Not to mention... Your family in Christ is more enduring than your biological family. We're going to be family in Christ through all eternity. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap right now. Did you notice that the New Testament church had two expressions? They had a daily meeting. They were meeting in the temple, which this would be. But did you notice also in the text that they met in homes and shared meals together? So I wonder, when's the last time you left this place or if you have this, do you have homes that you go to? That's where our small groups meet. Or well, maybe it's at a coffee shop. Or maybe it's like me this summer with a group in my backyard around my fire pit in the morning. But wherever it is, it's not in this place. You need both wings in order for you to soar in Christ the way that he designed. That they met in the temple and they met in homes. How frequently did they meet? 
often, daily, they were together. They were talking together. They were communing together. They were sharing meals together. Frequently, if all you got is Sunday, it's a start, but that ain't it. Touch your neighbor and say, that's not it. Tell them right now. Online, that's not it. I'm grateful for you, but we've got to engage more than just on Sunday for 40 minutes. And if all you have is this house on Sunday morning, and, and here's, here's something even worse. If all you come for is to hear me preach, you really missed it. Because anybody I put up here, I put up here because the Spirit of God has given them a word for our house, and you need different expressions and different voices and different impartations. You can't, listen, you can't build your faith on me. For you know, the Lord, if, if, if I leave and you leave this place, you were never here. You were never here. Because the mission of God transcends any one man. And the worst thing in the world is that I build a following from the people who follow me versus people who follow and hear the voice of the Lord and build their life on the same truth that I built my life on. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Yeah. So, so then real community demands that we build new habits and routines, new priorities, and we establish a new value system. Like the house of the Lord has got to become a priority for you at some point. Because this is when we meet in the first of the week. And then you say, but man, that ain't all I want. I want to I wanna get with my brothers and sisters. I want them to know me. I want to know them. I want to know their children. I want to go out on a lake with them. Come on. How many you know some of the most spiritual thing you can do is go on a hike with another believer? Some of y'all are like, wait a minute, can I bring my Bible? No. Don't bring your family Bible with the hair and all the coupons and everything else in it. All the bulletins that you collected in church? No, don't do that. Because why? Because whatever it is that you have of Jesus should be on the inside. You don't need to bring your Bible. And by the way, fun is a part of the kingdom of God. I don't know if I told y'all this, but one time we took a group of us, not here, somewhere else. I ain't going to tell you where it was. We, we went bowling. And, and we went bowling. We were going we to bowl. The teams are coming together. We're just going to have a good time bowling. And, and one of our members brought like this. I'm talking about the, how many seen the big white holy Bible? Like under her arm, sat down, sat down at the bowling and, and started reading the Bible. I was like, uh, sweetheart, what are you doing? She said, I came to stand because I stand on the word of God. It's the word of God or nothing else in my life. I'm a woman of the word. I'm like, okay. Got you, but we came to have fun. Are you going to have fun? It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can, I can tell. <laughs> so religious, so religious that she had no relationship with Jesus or his people. Please don't be so daggone spiritual. You floating around in the ceiling all the time. Talking about, oh, Jesus. Oh, the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Come on now. You don't talk like that nowhere else. Stop being weird. Come on. Come on. If we're true, if we're if we're honest, some of us don't have space or margin for community in our lives. We're so busy, and I got you. Everybody's busy. But here's what I know about people. Isn't it right, Seth? That people, whatever it is that you value, you make time for. Whoever it is that you value, you got time for them. If it's your kids, it's your wife, whatever it is. So then at a certain point, you got to start asking yourself, are my values aligned correctly? Are my priorities aligned correctly? 
It's funny to me because you can still have a value for the house and still do all of the things that you love to do. Every now and then, Terry, my guy, will disappear, and I'll know exactly where he is. He off in the woods chasing a moose, a bear, something. And you know why? I like him when he goes because there's packages that come to my house when he comes back. That's good eating. But, but he still is a fixture in this house. He goes and does whatever he needs to do, grandkids and all of this stuff, and yet I know his priority and value is the house of God and the people of God, and he has a full life. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't take away from your life and subtract your life. Really, community, prioritizing the house, prioritizing the things of God, actually enhances and gives you a real life. Oh, look, look that's like, mm, okay. What do we say? Frequency, proximity, and frequency. Real community requires frequency. Listen to me. You're not going to have intimacy with anybody that you don't frequently engage in conversation and get to know. Some of you, every Sunday morning, you out of here. You come in late, you leave early. I'm like, how are you ever going to meet one person and connect with anybody? like, I don't need anybody. I'm busy. I got you. You're unhealthy. You're unhealthy, and there's brokenness somewhere inside of you because the simple fact of the matter is, is I need people and you need them too. God said in, John, in, in Genesis 2 and 18 that it is not good for a man to be alone, that he needs community. He needs people like him or her to be around us. How many of you know you're not going to grow without other people around you? You're not going to make it through certain battles? There's certain things you can get through by yourself. But how many of you come up against some battles that you needed some other warriors to come around you in? Come on, somebody. How many, Lord, watch this, watch this. How many of you got kids? Right now, that are away from the Lord, that you believe in God, for them to come back, lift your hands right now. Why wouldn't y'all get together over coffee and say, you know what, my daughter too, she crazy. <laughs> I raised her right, and I don't know what happened. Or, or, or you could say, you know what, I, didn't, I wasn't a good example to her when I was coming up. I was doing drugs, I was doing some different things, and you know what, I have some regrets. But I'm trusting God to redeem that, and you meet somebody else. And all of a sudden, y'all in community and holding each other up and holding on to one another, encouraging one another. Because y'all know y'all going to get crazy phone calls from your kids, just like I sent to my grandmother. Talk about, Grandma, how you doing? I love you, Grandma. I miss you. Click, she would hang up. Later, she told me, she would hang up and get on her knees and pray. I am a result of her prayers today. Why wouldn't you get in community with other people that got small kids going nuts running around the church and all of y'all form a little huddle and all of y'all take care of each other kids, get the ladies nights out, give the guys nights out. Why? You're in community together in the same season of life and therefore you're all stronger, you're more encouraged, you're uplifted, you're sharpened. You're not getting sharp when you don't have another believer in your life to challenge your attitudes and how you come across. You don't have other believers in your life. They can't hear the way you spoke to your husband the other day. And she could say, "Mm, girl, what's wrong with you? I'm tired of his old style. Okay, come on, let's go out and have a little talk, have an adult beverage or something. Let's just talk. Let's go to happy hour together. Oh, no, nobody go to happy hour. Okay. I said happy hour, all the religious people are like, oh my God. You said happy hour on Friday, stop it. 
Have some fun together. Have some community together. Have connection together. You need it, and they do too, but it requires frequency. You're not going to have intimacy with nobody without frequency. You're not going to have intimacy with your wife without frequency, without involving yourself, investing yourself, sitting down to listen. There are no deposits. There ain't going to be no withdrawals. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so the same in every relationship, same with Jesus in you, and the same with the connections that you have. If all you got right now is this next 20 minutes with people in this building, then it won't be intimate to you. But you know what? I find people like Leslie who weasel their way in and start serving on the team, and all of a sudden everybody knows who Leslie is. Leslie, Leslie, Leslie. It's like, give me a break. She got in. She got in, found a place to serve, and all of a sudden she got more community than she know what to do with. Now, she could just be sitting in the church talking about, well, there's just no love here, and I just don't understand how you get in. They need a program to help people get in. There was no program. She said, get involved. Coffee is what she did. It's not even good coffee, by the way, but Leslie's good. <laughs> She's been telling me, we got to get some better coffee in here. Say frequency. frequency. Yeah, the church met publicly and they met privately. They met in both places. So that's just for you. Do you meet publicly? I got you Sunday morning, but where do you meet privately with people in your church? This is not Coco and I's church. Touch your neighbor and say, this is my church. Tell them right now. This is my church. You know, the thing about meals that I think is funny is Coco and I tried to move around, and some of you are like, well, man, I can't get a chance to get and have a meal with Coco and Keith and this type of thing. That's because we keep moving around trying to find other people and lock them in and have meals with them. You ought to be trying to do the same to help us, because I'm getting fat doing that. Do you understand? <laughs> I need some of you to start hosting some dinner parties and having some people around and having them around you. Why? Because there's tons of people around you that are looking for connection. You got a house, you got a boat, you got a farm, bring them over, light a fire, do s'mores, do something to gather people in the name of the Lord. That would serve me so I don't get fat. Come on, y'all. <laughs> second thing I'd like to say to you, the second building block for real community is authenticity. The true you, the real you. Community ought to be a place where you feel free to ask questions, to share your struggles, to share your, your burdens, to share all of you, to where you can unmask, take your armor off. I got you. You're out in the world doing your thing and people are, you taking shots everywhere. When we come together in real community, when brothers and sisters get together, that's the place where you're outside of corporate America. You're outside the culture. You're outside politics and all of the nonsense. And all we are is brothers and sisters in Christ in need of one another. And then we come together and watch this. In that place, because I'm not going to do that the first day, but all of a sudden I start saying, Brand, Brandon might be for real. You know, he bald-headed like I am, so maybe. I mean, he, he black like I am, so maybe, but that I'm not sure about that either. And all of a sudden we start fellowshipping. You start walking, this, this sister, this brother, whoever this is, cross-culturally. Some of you need to get cross-cultural. Everybody in your bubble looks like you, acts like you, likes what you like. You need to get out your bubble and get in some other spaces with some other people so they can enhance you. 
I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my bubble because my bubble is diverse. I got Democrats and liberals and, and blacks and whites and Africans, Haitians and Rwandans. I love my bubble. And it, here's what's funny about mine. It just keeps adding people to it too, by the way. But you know what? You're going to have to go deep with somebody. Somebody's going to have to know what you're carrying. Somebody's going to have to know you. You said, but, but, but here's the fear, right? If they knew me, if they knew that I struggle with prescription drugs, if they knew that I'm addicted to pornography, if they knew that this is my third marriage, if they knew, what, what if they knew? What if they knew? What if, what if you found community? And by the way, we're not going to disrobe on the first date. Come on, y'all. We're not going to go there. We're not, we're not going to be like the girl that, that finds a friend is like, okay, I think you're my husband. No, no, I'm not. I'm just a friend. But, but as you take the appropriate steps and, and you get to know one another, all of a sudden you can start saying, here's where I hurt. Here's, here's where I was abandoned. Here's, here's my struggle. And when you find that unconditional love in that space, come on, online family. When you find that love in that space, it gives you the courage to then address. And not only that, you have somebody saying to you, hey, what can I do to be of service? How can I be a blessing? How can I, how can I pour into it? How can I be there for you? Maybe for the first time in your life, somebody says they will be there for you and it shocks you. And it's a gift from God to you that you can unpack, but you can't unpack it without proximity, frequency, and being authentically you. And stop managing, watch this, stop managing your image. What you want everybody to think you are versus who you really are. Jesus knows who you really are. Do you know that? And there's something about this that you're going to have to drag yourself into the light because unlike our culture intimacy in the culture happens in the dark we're trying to hide while we're trying to hook up we don't want nobody to know so we drop back in the shadows and we have intimacy in the kingdom of God intimacy happens in the light yeah y'all not hearing me let me give you a little theology on that you ready uh but if we are living in the light as God is in the light then then we have fellowship with each other. That's why you ever notice some of your friends don't want to come around you when they're not living right. Because you represent the light. So all of a sudden they just, oh man, I, I don't want to go over her house today. I don't want to see such and such today. You know why? Because they know when they come around you that light will shine on them and they don't want to forsake whatever it is they're involved in. Or they fear, or they fear that you'll judge them and condemn them. Christians do that. Do you know that? Do you know we have a bad reputation? Do you know that we gave them all of those bullets by the way we treat people? We did that. The reputation we have in the culture is because we were so daggone judgmental. Because you were holding on to whatever it was you were holding on to and somebody else. Whenever you choose Aside, you are choosing to oppose other people. He said, what about sin? Let God deal with the sin. Why don't you try loving people through their sins? That would be really good. Can you love somebody through? Can you be long-suffering with somebody even though their position is idiotic? Even though what they're doing is hurtful and damaging? How about you represent Jesus and come alongside 
fallen humanity and try to be gracious, loving, and forgiving to people. That's what I want this community to be. I don't, I, listen, I don't think we all agree on everything. I don't think we all come about things the same way. I'm not asking for uniformity of thought. I'm asking for unity in the spirit, not in the flesh, in the spirit. That means Jesus trumps everything else. Jesus, the cross, his word, we live under that. Not so much anything else, but Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Come on. James 5 and 15 says, we admit our faults one to another and we pray for each other. That's what authenticity is. That you go to people and you say, you know what? I'm not doing so good. I'm struggling. Would you pray with me? When's the last time you found another believer to confess your sin to? That you were in such relationship, close proximity and frequency that you could say, hey brother, I'm really struggling right here in this way. I'm looking at a couple people right now in this church that I know that if I'm struggling with something, I don't have to worry about my image being managed in front of them. I can just go, here I am. This is where I'm at today. Can you help me? And you know what they'll do? Got you. Got you. What you need? I need prayer. Got you. You need $100? I got that too. Whatever you need, I got you. I'm your brother. And when you start developing those kind of relationships, it secures you. And watch this. It gives you the courage to go, you know what? I don't need this mask at all anymore. And I'm just going to be who I am with whoever I'm with. Come on. The Lord a hand clap. Yeah. Lastly, lastly, because they always get on me for going over my time, so I'm not going over today, I hope. Um, <laughs> say I love you, yeah. You're not behind the curtains when they start getting after you. That was 45 minutes long. Here's the last thing. Real community is built on humility. It's got to be a part of who you are. Listen, every relationship can't be about you all the time. Can't be about you getting heard, your needs getting met, somebody didn't do something to you. You ever meet people that every time you meet them, they can't be in relationship with somebody or a group or wherever or whatever the church was because they're always the victim. No, no matter what happens, it was them who got hurt, and it was them who did it. They're never taking responsibility for the relationship. And there's something about pride that always wants you to be first. Pride always says me, not we. It's always me, what I want. You know, it's amazing to me. I'm just telling you right now, please, if you, if you want to see me go a little sideways, you get after one of our team members or one of these volunteers that's serving your children right now, by the way. While you're sitting here chilling and your child is busting somebody upside the head with a truck, they're in there serving. So here's what we're not going to do. You're not going to walk around here acting like they peons and you disrespect them and their labor for you. You're not going to do that. And guess what? This is not Burger King. You don't get to have it your way all the time. So that means if you come late and they tell you that you came late and your child can't disrupt the other 75 kids who they finally got quiet, then you're going to just take your kid to church or go to breakfast, whatever you choose to do, but you're not going to disrespect our servants and the people that serve God around here. That's not right. Because that's the epitome of pride and entitlement. 
And everybody around here, listen to me, everybody around here that's serving is doing the absolute best they can do under whatever circumstances they have. And what would be nice is if you just appreciated them every week for what they do. Humility walks in the room and accepts the weaknesses of others and is gentle and kind to them rather than pointing out what they do wrong and using it as an excuse to withdraw. See, pride says, oh, I see your faults. Yeah, but do you see your own? Because whatever you can point out in somebody else's life, I'm sure somebody can point out things in your life. So humility says, Lord, we're all in need of your grace. We're all in need of your forgiveness. I want to give grace and forgiveness to people. Yeah? Touch your neighbor and say, I love you. Touch your other neighbor and say, I'm trying. Tell them right now. Say, I'm trying. That's real talk. Stand to your feet with me all over the building. Stand to your feet with me. Second thing is, humility when it walks into the room, is this always trying to spotlight and lift up the other person. It's not trying to get the spotlight. And I know some of us, when we walk into a room, like, like my friend Brian Ripley, when he walks into a room, you know he's in the room. But you know what I know about him? He comes into the room to have fun, to make sure everybody in the space feels good. You never leave his presence when you're not, you haven't laughed, belly laughed. Like your face is hurt when you leave him. Because you know what he's doing? It's not about soaking it up for himself. He wants to be a catalyst to have other people experience the hospitality, the fellowship, the love. When you walk into a room, do you walk in and immediately point out people's faults and say, oh, that's why I can't be in relationship with them. That's why I'm not in community with them. That's why I don't trust them. You pointing out everything. You're a judge. <laughs> you're a judge. And you're sentencing other people. Which, by the way, with that same judgment, you'll be judged with that too. Which might explain why you're isolated and alone. Rather than saying, you know what? She's having a bad day. I'm just giving a little grace, a little extra grace. Give a little extra kindness, a little extra long-suffering. I'm going to suffer long with this joker this week. Come on, y'all. Yeah, those are fruits of the Spirit. The last thing is, is lifting other people up, spotlighting them, encouraging them, not making it about you. That, wait a minute, that sounds awful biblical. Oh, Philippians chapter 2. When you do things, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble and give honor to others more than yourselves. Do not be interested only in your own life, but also be interested in the life of others. How about the next time you get together with family, friends, or church people, that you're more asking questions about them, how they're doing. You're spotlighting them. Hey, she got a good job this week. Some good things happened. Sally, tell everybody what happened. It's like, oh, nothing. It wasn't that big of a deal. No, no, no. Tell everybody. And you're letting her spotlight. You're letting her be center stage. You're letting him. Hey, my son came back to the Lord. It's like, wait, hey, the group, we had something planned tonight. I know we got the video and everything else. But man, Mark's son came back to the Lord. We've been praying as a group and as a community. He came back to the Lord. Mark, tell us about that. He's like, well, and then he just starts crying because his son was dead. Now he's been made alive. 
him and his wife has a son. Now, now listen, you just spotlighted him. Now, that'll ne- that, may, that, that testimony may never reach the stage or video, but you made sure that your friend was spotlighted, that was highlighted, that was preferred first, and that story was told in your group because everybody needs a group. Say, I need a group. No, 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 that's like five years. Say, I need a group. I need some people. All of this, all these people. There's no shortage of people. Find your people online. Find your people. You got to have some people in here. Come on. Here's what I want you to do. We're closing this series, but it'll never end. We'll always be trying to push into community. So here's what I want us to do. Across the whole building, reach out and grab somebody's hand right now. Across the whole building. That means you're going to have to come across an aisle, say hi to somebody. All across the aisles. Charlie, across the aisle. All across the aisles. The whole building connected. Yep. You guys against the wall, get in the circle. Come up. Come up. You guys against the wall, security. Get in, get in, yeah. Get in the circle with everybody else. No broken circles. Here's why I want it. It's, it's important that you do it this way. There's not multiple churches within this church. There's one church. By the way, there's only one church in Portland. Different expressions, but one church. So we don't church bang. We don't bang on other churches. We don't wish their demise. They may go in a different direction, emphasize different things. Doesn't matter. We're one church. And in this church, you got to find your people. Got to find your place. They may not look like you. You say, man, I don't know. Listen, the most unlikely pairing of people in this building is me and Arlen. We don't come from the same place. Arlen always wants to go deep. The minute you sit down, I'm like, oh, God. Uh, I got to like get up early before I go have coffee with Arlen because he's going to ask penetrating questions. and He doesn't want to just be on the surface talking about the ducks. He's like, how's your soul, brother? I'm like... It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. <laughs> but that's my dude. I'm learning. I'm being healed because he's in my life. Who's in your life that's bringing healing to you? That's so different. than It's like, oh, you can't, you can't even fathom how y'all could be in relationship. And yet God brought you together and you're being healed because of it. And then we got people that you're holding hands with right now because it's getting awkward and your hands are getting sweaty. You guys online, you're missing it. It's funny. But you got people next to you that are lonely, that are isolated. It pains me to think. That's why I've run myself crazy trying to meet different ones and get this one and that one and this one. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's a thousand of y'all that need to be running toward each other trying to help. I can't be the only one. Arlen and Lori can't be the only one. We can't be for every couple that's got trouble, for every young person who's lonely. We can't. We need the body of Christ to be the body and to love. You can't, listen, you can't just come here as an attendant for 10 years. That's not going to happen here. If it, if it does, it'll be over, over, over a lot of sermons where you just thought, man, he's talking directly to me. Yes! <laughs> get in community. Stop running out of here to get in your car. Come early. Some of you come here right as worship is starting. You missed it. Come early. Stay a little bit later. 
we hang around around here, loving on each other. Amen? Amen. Lift that person's hand before the Lord right now. Lift it up. What a beautiful sight. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for this family. Thank you that we have one another. Thank you for what they teach me. Thank you for what they supply in my soul for Coco and I. Now, Lord, let it be so for every member. Let there not be one person isolated and cut off. And, Lord, whatever the healing that's necessary, let there be a healing balm that covers us all. There's been rejection, abandonments, betrayals, abuses of all kinds. And yet, you stand among us to bring healing, restoration, and redemption. And we receive it. And we receive, squeeze that person's hand right now. We receive one another with gladness. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? You said what? Come on, give the Lord a big shout.